Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. How do you grow your business? How do you budget your sales? And how do you create a strategy for your product business? And what should you be looking at? So if that sounds like a lot, it is quite a lot, but we're going to be covering that today in today's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. I am joined with Claire Morris from Retail with Clarity, and we are going to be talking about a lot of things that are going to help you plan your business and your budget next year and beyond and make you feel more comfortable and more knowledgeable in what you are doing with your business. Thank you very much for joining me today, Claire. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, you have got a very, you've got years of experience in merchandising, planning, all that kind of good stuff. Um, Can you share with me your background and what it is you do now? Yes. So, yeah, years, unfortunately, lots of years of experience in many large retailers, a bit in the UK, a bit in Australia as well. Um, Pretty much always in merchandise planning, which to avoid any confusion between the different types of merchandising that there are it's the numbers type of merchandising so it's really the numbers side of buying it's making sure that what you're buying and the price that you're selling at and the mix of different products that you're buying is actually going to be successful and putting some rigor behind the planning and the analysis of everything that's going on in the business So make sure, you know, like you're saying, making sure it doesn't just look pretty, it works and does what it needs to do from a profitability point of view and a sales point of view. Absolutely. And um, now I actually work on a a freelance basis um, with my business, Retail with Clarity, and I support smaller businesses to bring some of that knowledge, some of the insights from the the larger retailers who apply this rigor all the time, every single day. They have entire functions dedicated to doing this. Um, And I help these smaller businesses to um, add some of that knowledge into what they're doing and really help them to get underneath the skin of the numbers that are going to inform their their decision making and make sure that they can be confident about choosing what they want to buy, how much, what they're going to sell it for, where they're going to sell it, how they're going to sell it and so on. So we're going to first of all kind of cover um, what are the steps that people should take when planning their strategy for the year. And obviously, I know strategy is a an umbrella word because it can cover yeah. quite a lot, which we'll talk about. So say if, if basing this on on businesses that have been trading for at least a year. Yeah. Yeah. So really, it starts with a review. So looking back at what's already happened and, you know, we, we can talk about doing this in, say, January for the, the coming 12 months. But actually, this can be done at any time. The new year is always a great time to kind of step back, take a look at what's happened and breathe for a moment and then think about the next 12 months. But these principles can apply to whatever the appropriate timing is for your business. So if you've got quite a seasonal business, then I would suggest that actually you do this more frequently, perhaps every three to six months Mm -hmm. if it's particularly seasonal. But otherwise, you know, once a year as a minimum. And what do we mean by review? 
well, this is where the numbers come into play. So to actually take a, a look at not only what sales you delivered, but what the profit was behind those sales. What's that as a margin percent within your business? Looking at that at a category level, so breaking your business down in different chunks, different types of product, and then ultimately drilling down to product level in some cases as well. So where you're looking at categories, what sales mix of your total did each category deliver? But not just in isolation, also what stock mix did those categories have? So which ones are outperforming the amount of stock that you'd put behind them? Which ones were underperforming? And you need to really think about what you do next year with those categories. How much product did you sell at full price versus how much did you sell at markdown or discount or on promotion? If you buy your stock, then uh, you know how much did you sell? as a percentage of how much you bought. If you make your stock, then how much did you sell as a percentage of how much you made? That's something that we call sell-through in the industry. And it's a really good indicator of um, success of the product that accompanies, gives you additional insight over and above just the regular sales figure. It can help you to identify things that you might not have noticed before. So, uh, you know, a really high selling line, lots of volume, might actually only have sold through 30% which could mean that you've got an impending stock problem coming down the line for that product. Mm. You might have a product that didn't sell particularly high volume, but kind of crept under the radar and sold out really, really quickly. So that's an opportunity there that you could have had some rebuys, some top-ups of stock, and you could have actually profitably sold more of that product. So these are the types of things that you can be looking out for underneath just that simple sales line. And I think and back to your point about reviewing more often, those those lines that are the great lines that have sold out can often get, can sometimes be missed or the sizes that are the great selling sizes that have sold out, you know, can be missed because you might think, well, I'm not selling yes. that much anymore, but you've actually sold out of all your eights, your tens and your twelves and you might only be left with your fourteens and your sixteens. So it's like, like you yeah. say, doing that review more often so you know what's happening under the hood of your business yeah help you make quicker decisions and more profitable decisions than like you say if you if you know that you're going to be stuck with stock you stop ordering you know exactly yeah (laughs) yeah so the the numbers review is really crucial and to start thinking about your your business as product categories um, can be a really really helpful way to Find how the jigsaw then fits together and which levers you can pull to to grow categories to you might want to exit some categories. You know, if if trends have been and gone, then actually it might be the appropriate time to start thinking about exiting categories. But the numbers piece can then feed into a SWOT. Um, So anyone who's done business studies back in the day, then SWOT analysis would have been something that you would have studied and um, no doubt performed a few on other businesses. But performing a SWOT on your own business can be quite confronting, but it's so powerful. So for anyone who doesn't know what SWOT is, it stands for Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities and Threats. And um, I've actually I've got a blog on my website around um conducting a SWOT so if you you wanted any yeah if you wanted any additional insight into doing so then absolutely um pop onto that blog and and have a look but the the goal is that you can identify 
what your current state of play is in terms of your strengths, your weaknesses, what are the, the opportunities and the threats, and then use that to inform what you want to deliver in the next whatever period of time, six months, 12 months. My biggest piece of advice would be to consider both internal and external factors when you're you're doing your swap. So there are things that are entirely within your control, um, such as you, you may have a very strong sales team. So that could be a strength. But an external factor might be increases in minimum wage or living cost of living wage or cost of living in general. And that could begin to make it very expensive for you to employ all the staff that you currently have. So that would be a threat and that would be from an external source. So when you're looking at your your SWOT and listing out your strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities and the threats, Think about all areas of your business. So everything from sourcing the product all the way through to getting it to the customer, uh, all the admin stuff as well. So managing your invoices and all the way to your, your customer facing staff, all of that has an impact on the success of your business. And every, every single one of those can be identified, documented, and then you can start to use that in your thinking for what you want to achieve next year. No, absolutely. In terms of if you're looking at your opportunities, then you're like, right, okay, that's something I can do. When can I do it? I can make an action plan for it. You're looking at your strengths. Then in terms of if there's certain categories that worked very well, right, I can grow that category because this other category is declining or, or whatever it might be. And just back to the point that you made on the numbers in terms of looking at your profits, looking at your sell-throughs, I think it's just really important as well when they're looking at the numbers to find the story of what's happening behind the numbers so so you're looking at your numbers and then you're looking at the products that drive that's driving or not driving those numbers so that you can make the decisions or there might be just a supplier that has an amazing handwriting that is just every you know whatever they they do is just that cat you know really drives that category or whatever it might be so it's looking at the numbers and then being like right okay what what does that actually mean what drove those numbers because yeah. for those that are listening um in in a retail world and in, in a corporate world I did the opposite of of Claire so I was the I'm the the product person and the you know the supplier and all that kind of things and and so in a in a corporate world, Claire and I would come together and do this together in terms of, right, what do we think? What's what's our strategy going forward? You know, and looking at all the numbers. And I know some of you won't won't have that type of structure that you won't have someone to bounce ideas off for. So you are kind of right, okay, I look at the numbers, but what do those numbers actually mean? Just go back to your product, go back to what's working, and then you'll be able to start connecting the dots and finding the story of they really like this type of look or they really like this fragrance or if you're a candle brand or something like that, you'll be able to start, there'll be a picture that will start to form that will help yeah. you answer the numbers and to not be afraid of it. Cause I think a lot of people are afraid of numbers, but yeah. if, you can, if you can take a hold of your numbers and understand them, then you'll come, your decisions can become a lot more confident because you've got proper foundations for them. Even though, yes, I know we use our instinct and we use our gut a lot in business, but I think once yeah. you know, you can then be like, yeah, actually, you know, I was going to buy hundred because I think it'll sell well, but based on these numbers, I'm now going to buy 150 or whatever it might be. That's it. Yeah. So you, you could unpick the why of the numbers once you actually have the numbers <laughs> and um, then you can become so much more confident in your decision making as a result of that. Yeah. And so so we've done the SWOT. Where do we head then? So then, uh, well, the, the same 
theory that we applied to looking at the, the categories and then you can drill down to product with that as well. So when you're looking at your sales, your profit, sell through, et cetera, um, you can actually also look at that with some different lenses. So you mentioned suppliers, there might be particular suppliers or a, a particular brand that is very successful. You can um, use that same analysis in different ways, taking different cuts of your business. So if you do have a lot of suppliers, it is really powerful to actually look at which ones are helping you to be profitable. Mm -hmm. um, if you do stock a lot of brands, then it's a, a great way to identify which ones are resonating most with your customers. Your business might not be as complex as that. So you may just be able to operate at, at category level and, and just pull out those um, key products, the best sellers, the worst sellers, and look at the stories of why behind that. But then you actually want to set a plan and set a strategy. So doing all of this is really valuable, but it's pretty pointless if you then don't do anything with it. And the most important thing, the very, very first thing is to set your sales target. What is the number that you're going to deliver in the coming year? And then you're going to um, plug in some other pieces behind that sales target. I've worked with a number of clients who are absolutely terrified of writing a number down because they don't want to fail and they don't know how they're going to deliver the number. But this is why you've done all the work to, to analyse these jigsaw pieces and then you're going to create a new jigsaw for, for the next year. And I think once you actually look at the numbers and then you break it down, like to so say if, you, if you're saying, right, OK, this year I turned over 50,000 or 100,000, whatever it might be. Next year, I want to turn over 60. Where can I get that extra 10 from? If you've done your SWOT and you kind of see what the opportunities are and say wholesale might be an opportunity, like, right, okay, I want to make an extra 10 grand from wholesale, right? That means it need, it's going to be five, I need to just get 10 accounts. Or, you know, and then it becomes a lot easier, doesn't it? And it I think does, yeah. Touching when you were looking when you were talking about the SWOT, just really making sure that you're looking at the competition as well during that time, mm -hmm. because you'll you'll be able to get ideas from that as well. I'm not saying you're copying, but what you know, in terms of if they've got if they're really going after a category and you've never ever bought into it, but you know they've done it season after season, that there's an opportunity there. You need to try yes. it, you know, and that and that can help form part of your sales plan in terms of right, okay, I'm going to introduce a particular type of fragrance if, if I'm going back to the candle analogy a particular type of price point you know you might never have gone below 10 pounds because you've thought right okay I don't want to do that but it might be like right okay there's a small gifting votive I can do it's going to drive loads of sales just before Christmas that's going to be what that cash is you know yeah exactly that where where are the new opportunities and like you say it's not copying it's <laughs> getting a, an insight into what's going on in the market um or you know what's driving the customer mindset and and how they want to shop and and where they want to shop as well so um yeah taking your sales figure and breaking it down and if you've done some work by category reviewing the previous year then build up your sales figure by category for the coming year so which of those categories will you be growing which ones will you be maintaining which ones are actually on the decline or exit and if you are declining or exiting some, then understanding where the, the growth opportunities or the new opportunities exist to replace that and more if, if your target, if your sales target is increasing. Um, being aware of trends that have died, <laughs> that have gone, is just as important. So your category might maintain, but within that category, there could be a whole piece that 
you can't repeat this year because the demand just isn't there for it. So what else can you do within that category to to keep those sales? Where where can you drive it? Um, really key thing in terms of not going just going after the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I've been bitten by that at retail in corporate in terms of where we've not moved on and a trend has completely shifted. And, you know, we've lost a lot of money because we went back into it either just another time or didn't move it on enough. So it is very key to, and you might not have to, like you say, you might not have to come out of that category at all, but it might be, right, okay, we're really going to reduce the amount of cash we're putting behind that because we're going to try some more in this, you know. Yeah. Or you've that's been, it been bitten you know in terms many of, times <laughs> no and so everyone is human you know big retailers do it small retailers do it. it's just something yeah. obviously be aware of to um not go back into something because if you think unless you're getting a lot of cu- new customers you've saturated that product if it if it's if it's a trend thing that's a different that's obviously it's a, it might be a trend thing but if you've got a core line that you've just saturated and saturated with your existing customer and you've not updated it or you've not moved it on you know or you've not then got you're not you know actively acquired new customers then that product saturated no one needs it anymore in its current form you know? yes uh, yeah and you you just end up with a load of stock of something that worked well for a long time and yeah, yeah I, I used to um head up toys for one of the retailers that I worked for and that was one of the worst departments actually for the trend led pieces because (laughs) it's it's hot it's hot it's hot you can't get enough stock of it and then suddenly it's gone and something else has come along that's not been predicted and uh you buy back into it the following year and And the moment's gone yeah disney Disney film has finished it's a different disney film now or whatever it might be i know i know it's fake (laughs) but sorry i interrupted you so we're on in terms of uh, like you say in terms of looking at your categories and um deciding yeah yeah so uh, get some um rigor behind where your sales target is coming from but then look at how much profit you want to make in relation to that sales target so you you know what the costs of your business are or if you you don't know them you can access them easily and then you can document them see the number be scared for a minute and then realize that you're in control of that um So looking at your sales, looking at your anticipated costs, what does that leave you with as a profit? Is that the number that you're happy to be to be working towards? If you want to grow it, what are your opportunities to do so? Are there opportunities to cut your costs? Are there opportunities to increase your prices? Have a look at what is going to drive that profit figure. And within that, within the cost and the profit, set yourself a marketing budget as well. It's very easy to be quite ad hoc with marketing opportunities spend a bit of money here spend a bit of money there try this try that you don't always know how successful everything is um and, and that's a useful review to do as well actually to spend some time going back through what you spent money on in terms of marketing and advertising and where you saw benefit from that and you can use that to inform how you want to spend your marketing money next year Um, so it's it's very wise to set a a budget spend for the marketing you don't necessarily need to decide every single element that you're going to do and when you're going to do it but to have a figure in mind and apportion that to key points of the year where you're going to want to drive your business the most Mm -hmm. Uh, and then work out what type of activity 
works best for you. Yeah. And in terms of promotion, so I know you're talking there about marketing, which can be lots of different things. Not it's not um, it's not just promotion in terms of reducing um, and marking down. What are your thoughts on when people should be marking down? I know we're coming, we're recording this around when Black Friday is coming up, and people, some people are playing into it, some people aren't. But what are your thoughts around discounting? So blanket discounting uh, is a no-no, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, it's the worst cycle to get stuck in because it may be a footfall driver, it may drive some sales, but then it absolutely trashes profit because all you're going to do is sell more of the stuff that was selling already. Mm-hmm. And, and you're effectively giving away your money for, from doing that. It leaves you still with stock problems on anything that was already high stock. And then it causes you a necessity to kind of cycle over that next time round. So I always advocate for avoiding a blanket discount wherever possible. I also would advocate for working towards a positive promotion rather than a a straight money off promotion. So even if you're targeting specific products, I would be looking at what you can do to drive your basket size. So what can you do to increase the number of units in the basket, to increase the average spend on the basket, but still tackle those products that aren't necessarily as fast as you need them to be at the moment in terms of a sales volume. So that might be a save and spend, you know, spend a certain amount and you can save X amount. Might be a multi-buy where you can really, really target the problem products. If it's a whole category, then you can apply something to a whole category. Um, If you're exiting a product, you're not going to sell it anymore. That's that's the ideal time to start actually doing straight discount. So I suppose, like say you were talking about seasonal items there. So if you're selling Christmas product and you're the 20th of December and you've still got a lot or, you know, obviously you'd yes. be looking at it along before then you'd be tracking <laughs> it week by week. If you're a Christmas, if you're a seasonal product, but you would then you'd probably do a blanket product, a uh, blanket um markdown on that or like yeah. say during the summer and um, if you've got quite a lot of heavy, heavier weight knitwear and we had a, such mm-hmm. a great I think was it this summer we had a good summer I think we did we a good summer. cracking <laughs> summer yeah <laughs> you know and you know you might have to do some 20% off outerwear or your you know your or or some of your knitwear to help just shift that 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 what you, glug of stock that's sitting yeah. there you know but you might not you might not need to and I, I think it's important for people they can take the discount off do you know what I mean yes. it's need to be right once it's 20% it's 20% until it's all gone you know yeah it, monitoring it like that and and that's something when you're marking down like you've said in terms of doing that review into how is it performing do we need to take it off do we need to cut it a little bit deeper um and and doing that staggered discount if you are a category that needs to um so yeah definitely start start with something a bit shallower 20 percent um and then that will drive an increase in the volume and you can monitor whether that's going to be enough to clear the stock in time for whenever you need it to be gone. Yeah. If it's not, then you can review later and you can take a deeper discount. But yeah, avoid going in with a, a very deep discount straight away because actually you can be more profitable by starting with, with a smaller percentage off. And like you said, I think it's just important that whatever people are thinking about in terms of their decisions, it's how does this affect my profit? 
how will yes. what I'm doing now and whether that's marketing advertising promotions all that kind of thing it's basically how how is this going to affect my profit and my bottom line yeah yeah because having a sales target is the number one thing that you need to do <laughs> in order to set a strategy yeah. but it's not what you should be entirely focusing on. You could have really, really high turnover, but a very low profit because of all the other activities that are going on behind the scenes. So until you start putting the building blocks in for the profit as well as the sales, yeah. you're, you're not as in control of, of that as ideally you should be. Yeah. And I think really looking at those, you know, if you're looking at your best-selling lines, making sure that you know what the margin is on those best-selling lines, because if they're on a 30% margin you need to be resourcing them you know or if they're on absolutely a, yeah or or can you or benchmarking against the competition should you be more expensive you know mm-hmm. because there's no point you being a busy fool if you're selling loads of your you know if a lot of your best sellers and the things that are driving traffic to your site are just really low margin yeah yeah the mix on the the impact on the margin that those high selling lines have is really big because they're a big proportion of, of what you're taking. So um, yeah, this is where you can review what your opportunities are around pricing. And if you have a, a benchmark profit target, then you can assess all of your product margins against that benchmark. Some are going to be below it. Of course they are, because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't end up with an average, but you can make the decisions around how much is below and how much of your your basics your your high volume lines are actually driving that profit figure for you and what are your thoughts about buying in lines for promotion it really does depend on what the activity is um so if it was something like black friday for example i know we've kind of just passed it in terms of when this recording goes out but i would suggest not doing so um, and really working with the stock that you've got and taking advantage of the fact that there is a consumer mindset of buying at that point in time of Black Friday. Um, So unless your business is ticking along perfectly with, you know, exactly the amount of stock that you need for your sales, you're hitting all your targets, then um, utilize that time to be visible and to if you do need to take some price activity on some slow selling stuff then do that and you can do it under the umbrella of black friday but you're not buying into something specifically yeah um there will be situations where it is appropriate to buy stock in um if i'm thinking of an example we mentioned earlier about you know um disney films so it might be a particular license or branding that you'd want to buy into to capitalize on a, a more global promotional activity that's happening outside in the market. That's that's probably more appropriate, but for something that's like Black Friday, which is all about discount, I, I would avoid doing so if yeah. you can work with what you've already got. Like I said, unless you're flying it, and then and there are rules around that in terms of if you're bringing something new in, it has to be you have to be selling it at a certain price for 28 days before you mark it down anyway. Yeah, correct. Yeah. From a profit point of view, what profit do you think people should be aiming for? This entirely depends on the the actual part of the industry that you're in. So if it's electrical products, for example, 
then your profit targets are at the much lower end of the scale. So the high end, high ticket electrical items can be as low as 10, 20% margin. But this is where um, businesses balance it off with things like accessories, which are much higher margin. Accessories can be up in the 80s and it usually ends up being a mix of somewhere around 30 or 40. Clothing retailers, um, profit margins, so intake margins, the, the margin that you buy your stock at or produce your stock at can be up at 70, 80%. Your end margin after you've made all your sales, after you've taken any discount that you take, usually you'd be looking at more like 50 to 60% for, for clothing. Yeah. And then any other products <laughs> are anywhere on that scale. <laughs> like you said, it is a broad question, but um, and then so we've. How about people though that haven't been trading? How should they set sales targets? Yeah, this is always a re- really tough one for businesses who are just getting started. But it, you're right; it is just as important for them to have sales targets as for businesses that have already been trading. So the factors that you can take into account that you can try and estimate are the number of customers that you're going to have, mm-hmm. the number of products that each customer will buy, the frequency of which it will be bought, an average selling price of the items that you're going to sell. And you can multiply all of these things up together to create an overall sales figure. And then you can challenge yourself on some of those things that you forecasted. So, you know, you could have a a mid-level estimate of number of customers and then you could have a stretch target. Yeah. And you can do that on each of those levers. So, then you can set yourself up with a, an absolute must achieve sales figure and then opportunity for growth sales figure as well. And then make sure that you're supporting those sales targets with a relevant amount of stock to be able to deliver them. Yeah. And with that must achieve sales figure then, in terms of people looking at that, within that, they need to make sure they're covering their operating expenses, that they're at least breaking even with that with that sales number so it's being making sure they know all their outgoings you know are they paying paying themselves from that number as well and then if they've got a a set number so if we go back to kind of candle analogy if you're saying right okay I need to make three thousand a month from the candles that'll cover all the businesses all the outgoing expenses but based on that I've got a mix of 30 pound candle a 50 pound candle and a 15 pound candle and then like you said you can start saying right and I've got you know a thousand customers or a thousand potential customers that are following on me or you know they've followed the brand on yeah. Instagram as it started like you said you it is a, it is a bit of a right well if I some of it is guesswork isn't it it really isn't it it and, is yeah yeah and even for those of us who've been doing it for years and years and years ultimately it is guesswork but it's informed guesswork yeah. and you're you're in a much stronger position if you've had that thinking already captured um than if you just do it blind <laughs> just hope for the best put, put them on the website and off they go and I think like you said in terms of a review that review stage if you're only starting out it's really key in terms of right okay I've had month one I've sold three thousand you know I've sold three thousand units of I or I've sold a thousand units of items I've turned over 5k what you know really looking at right well how you know how many items what was my average selling price what how many you know on average each customer bought two items right how can I get that up to three that you've got a benchmark then month on month to try and beat or you can re-look at your targets and go okay that's really not going to happen unless I do xyz and making sure that you can do the xyz 
you know yeah and like you say we do it it, you know it's done it bigger retail I remember when I was working for Primark and we were launching (laughs) we were launching uh, our own brand dental and we used to sell we sell (laughs) you just you you kind of have to go with what you know don't you and then and then make information from that we sell 10,000 tubes of Colgate toothpaste a week and I was like right okay so if we've got 10,000 people coming in or, te- or people buying 10,000. So if on average one person buys our own brand toothpaste, then I could sell a thousand, you know, I could sell a thousand, not one person, but, you know, one in 10 is what I'm trying to say. Yes. I could sell a thousand units of my toothpaste. Right. I'm going to buy it for eight weeks. I'm going to buy 8,000 units. And that is, it was, it's basically looking at what you've got and what you know and then and making a plan from that and then just adjust, it adjusting it adjusting it when you know the facts then isn't it yeah and those uh, early points of review are really key to doing that and in that example I'm sure you would have been able to get a really good read on it after just a week's sales oh, yeah, that wouldn't gone. necessarily <laughs> gone after so, like three weeks it was like okay yeah, back, on, you know, back to the, on the phone with this flyer going right okay we need to relook at everything we'd forecast through the dental because it's just going to fly out yeah yeah um and not not all businesses are going to have the luxury of that level of volume to get such a good read on it but but certainly after two weeks three weeks there will be an indication of of what's happening and this is whether you're brand new into your business or whether you've been doing it for for quite a while it's that regular tracking back against the strategy that you've set the plan that you set where are you in terms of delivering it what are the risks and what are the opportunities? Yeah. If you've got something that's overperforming, how do you get back into stock? How do you capitalize on it? How do you make sure that you're not in a position where in three months' time you could have been selling more, yeah. but you didn't buy back into it? And for the stuff that's going a lot more slowly than you'd like, it's making decisions that are going to mitigate a potential profit impact later in the year because you've you've set a plan. And you're comparing your current performance to that plan. So you can see straight away where you, you need to pay attention, where you need to make some changes. Yeah. And I think, like you say, in terms of something's going well, what are the other items or who's that customer that's buying it? Or if that what's that item? You know, what are the other things we could do? Like, where are the opportunities then? You know, so yes. what are the things that we could do that we think that customer is, all, all, you know, also like? So if I take, I'm going back to candles just because I've been talking about it. But if we take the example of candles and you're like, right, I do a, a 30 pound candle in a fig fragrance, right? They, they're loving the fig. They're loving, you know, they're loving that product. So I could probably do a three wick candle at 50 in fig as well. I could do a fig yeah. gift. I could do a whatever it might be, you know, and introducing that as well. And yeah. how can, you mentioned a little bit at the beginning, but how can people work with you, Claire? Where can they find you and how can they work with you? Yeah, so uh, my website is retailwithclarity.com. I'm on Instagram at retailwithclarity. And um, I can work with businesses in a couple of ways. So I have a kind of, I guess you could call it teaching and training side of my business um, where I can um, teach people how to do the things that they want to do they can go off and do it and then run their business that way um particularly popular within that is pricing power hour so i take clients through uh, we discussed this actually earlier on today but understanding all of the outgoings so what are the business costs and then what are the costs associated to the products that they're selling and then being able to set your prices confidently at a level that is going to ensure profitability in your business so um, they get to take away from that some 
tools that they can use over and over again, price modeling tools, and really mostly the, the confidence that their decision making is going to support them making money in their business. Um, the other side of it is more of a consultancy approach. So I can actually work with my clients to uh, take their numbers and turn the numbers into stories that are going to help inform the buying decisions that are are made on an ongoing basis. So can do that on a kind of monthly trading analysis type basis, um, more seasonally can do it as a kind of range review process. So look at everything that's happened over the past however many months and then use that to inform the next cycle of buying. Um, and then the other element of that is commercial planning. So looking forward at sales, stock, profit, and ensuring that you've got the right flow of cash through the business as well to support the stock that you need to deliver the sales. So, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And for people that are listening, having someone like Claire in your business or to help you with your business, if it's not something that that you know of, because we all have different skills, don't we? We all have different talents, we all have different skills, but just feeling confident with those numbers and knowing what you're doing, and having someone like Claire to bounce that off and talk it through that's got the years of experience that you do will save you time and money in the long run. I'm working in, in retail and working with the type of team that Claire would have led and individuals like Claire, it's invaluable for you to have in your business to help it grow. You know, you've got to look after those numbers because you could be selling so much, but if you're not making any money, you're not gonna have the cash flow to continue with the business. So thank you very much for joining me today, Claire. Very much enjoyed talking shop. Thank <laughs> you. I look forward to seeing you soon. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, then I'd love for you to give us a review and uh, to give Start Scale Succeed a review. And I'll be back again next week with a great guest. See you later.